Hi, and welcome to Network AF. Today I'm talking to Doug Midori, the man who can see the internet. We're talking about internet and the news, what's going on in the world and how it's affecting and being affected by the internet. We're talking about Ukraine, Egypt and outages there and, and other effects and internet censorship uh, seems to keep happening for various reasons. If you're curious at all, please give it a listen. If you're interested in Network AF, you can find us on podcasts and uh, favorite us there. We will link the uh, show notes today to this episode and also some of Doug's blogs. You can find him at Doug Midori, a blog on the Kentic blog, and also Doug Midori on Twitter, D-O-U-G-M-A-D-O-R-Y. Hi, and welcome to Network AF. Today we're doing a current events update, and I've got with me Doug Midori, who's been on Network AF before. Uh, Doug, you want to introduce yourself quickly? Hey, Avi. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Doug Midori. I'm the Director of Internet Analysis for Kentic. And where are you physically right now? Presently in Bonn, Germany. Uh, I was invited to be a panelist at the uh, um, Deutsche Welle, which is the uh, public broadcaster of Germany. Uh, they have an annual conference called the Global Media Forum. And um, I'm in here talking about internet disruptions. Cool. And I guess we'll talk about some of that today. Um, uh, for those that don't know, you are also known as the man that that sees the internet um, and have done that at uh, multiple companies and most recently at Kentic, um, where we enticed you uh, with visibility, not just of BGP, but of <clears throat> traffic performance and, and other data. Um, I think the, the thing really topical um, over the last months uh, and top of mind for everybody is, is Ukraine and what's going on there. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different layers of that, but underneath keeping people connected is the internet. Um, and I guess uh, I'll just start off. Um, what's going on with internet infrastructure in Ukraine? What's been happening recently? Yeah, we haven't spoken on this uh, uh, topic uh, yeah. on this podcast about Ukraine, but um, you know, the invasion took place on February 24th uh, this year, 2022. And um, uh, for the next month or so following that, that was a pretty busy t time for me, just trying to keep up with what was going on. Uh, I think a lot of people were keeping up with what was going on in the news, mm -hmm. and um, and there was a lot of things happening internet-wise. Um, and now the uh, the conflict, which you know sees no sign of resolving anytime soon, has evolved into a few different. Uh, I don't know what stage we're in now. It's definitely not the we've left the first stage, or maybe we're on the third stage or something. Where the it's a different horrible stage. So yeah. So the and, you know in the in the, out, in the outset, Ukraine was getting attacked from every direction. Uh, we were seeing all kinds of outages all over the country. Um, uh, now the the impact seems to be focused mostly on the east um, and the south of the country. Um, and that's in keeping with, you know, if you follow the news, uh, you know, the, the Russian strategy now has been to try to focus its efforts on those areas that they can ply away from, from Ukraine. Um, and I guess the most recent development is just seeing some of um, the, uh, the networks, the ISPs that operate in Ukraine uh, getting uh, plucked off and rerouted uh, through, uh, through Russian transit. So in the city of Kherson in the south, uh, at the beginning of May, there was a there was an outage. The city was down for a couple of days, and then one of their uh, main providers came back up using Russian transit, 
basically going down south through Crimea, uh, through Miranda Media is the Ross Telecom. Uh, Ross Telecom is a state telecom of Russia. They have a local agent in Crimea that they set up after they annexed Crimea in 2014. Um, and so this Miranda Media then became a transit provider briefly for Kursan Telecom, which goes by another retail name that I don't recall, Sky something. Uh, that only lasted a couple of days. It went reverted back to Ukrainian transit um, and the CEO published something on uh, social media saying, I had no choice. I had to uh, connect us uh, to keep us online. And then that story seemed like it was over, but then towards the end of May, then they, there was another outage. They switched over to um, uh, Miranda media again, and they weren't the only ones. There was a, you know, it's been about six or seven uh, ASs that we've seen switch over to uh, Miranda media and that, region and it's um it's not one single event it's uh some of these are uh on different days that are getting uh, switched over um so the implications are for anybody who's living in those areas that uses service uh there that you know your uh your internet and telephone uh service could be surveilled uh intercepted manipulated by uh, uh the russian government the risk these folks uh, faced face now um yeah that's just that's the latest and so um for the most part it seems to be people still in control of the networks in ukraine but being forced by economic or other you know um projectile weapon-based um incentives to uh form the right transit relationships so that the packets go through unknown infrastructure that could do whatever to them. Yeah, the um, I mean, I I heard from one of our uh, Ukraine contacts. Uh, one of these was a, a shift at gunpoint, um, and mm -hmm. so these are the same engineers that keep the telecom up, but they are now uh, uh, forced to to route through uh, Crimea. Is that a uh, first? So you know, a hijack, as in you know, a route jack. As far as you know. Oh, you know, not via BGP exploitation, but by same way. Yeah, to, um, I bet that's happened before. I mean, I, it's, I, I can't think of an example that comes to mind, but um, uh, I doubt I doubt that's the first uh, mm -hmm. first time that that's happened. But I, I would say this: that the um, the second time around, when uh, providers started switching over and cursed on it to Miranda Media, it wasn't like the first one where there was a completely outage and they had to bring things up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the providers switched immediately like it was it was the circuit was ready already ready, ready to go um and so um maybe this was a bit more of a planned uh switch over uh, than what had happened to be right. a now i guess rpki wouldn't be affected because it's only origin validation <laughs> yeah uh right it's not uh, not I'll useful in this see if any uh you know any any of their transit providers use route registries and required updates that could that could cause a partial outage you know uh you know the first time but i mean it's pretty it seems like it's definitely a little bit of a shift forward in a we'll just say to be non-judgmental we'll say expands the universe of traffic engineering uh methods um but you know definitely um not good um now it's it's interesting because early on it's a different kind of networking uh maybe russia hadn't thought about the implications of using roaming cell phones uh for soldiers and had some you know implications there and early on it looked like you know the internet was really being 
as reliable as you would expect it to be as long as one last router of whatever type it was was like up and connected like it was really only when the physical damage got um you know almost complete that those networks uh you know were going down and even in those cases uh you know like that's been uh i think publicized and uh properly uh rightfully celebrated there's been a lot of uh, technicians in yeah. ukraine that at great risk to themselves have gone out in fresh rubble to go uh reconnect fiber optic cables destroyed in 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 the fighting so uh, that's uh, you know I I take pride. This is our industry. You, know, you and I right. we're all in this. Right. Those are our uh, those are our people, and that's um, it's a uh, uh, yeah. After nine eleven, there was uh, I should really remember the gentleman's name, but he basically he was posting from one of the mailing Nanog, I think he was in Telehouse, which was in the you know no go zone. Uh, okay, twenty five broad uh, broad or Broadway. I should know that um, down in broad. I think uh, no Broadway down in 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 lower manhattan and he sure. was doing hands and eyes for basically everybody because he was in the building um okay you know uh that was maybe uncomfortable but less dangerous um yeah you know, people step up to uh the challenge um and that's what's happening in ukraine so if you look at the total amount of traffic to the country relatively um as, as the man who sees the internet um uh for the most part there's still a tremendous amount of internet activity and you know is it is it down you know, there's been a decline since uh february 24th by volume we're just looking at bits per second uh, yeah, like half. Of, uh no not even that not even that uh i mean maybe 20 percent or 30 percent um mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a fluctuating uh <laughs> signal so um but i it's it's not i wouldn't say it's half um and so there's a there's factors there there's you know, there's been millions of people who have fled the country. So yeah. that's, those are, those are internet users that are no longer uh, using the internet that are gone. Um, there's been things that have been broken and that obviously is going to hinder uh, internet use. And then also that um, for the people who have stayed, life is not qu quite as it was. Uh, mm -hmm. So they may not be Netflixing as ch and chilling as much as they uh, did prior to the 24th of February. So that can affect uh, traffic volumes. So there's been a de, you know, noticeable decline and we've seen this. I, I think I posted a, a list of uh, what we saw, a bunch of other uh, outfits. Right, Cloudflare. Public, uh, public, yeah, Cloudflare, Google, uh, the IOTA, which is a completely different you know, set of data. And, it, and that actually even tracks so the, the IOTA data. This is the internet outage detection uh, <laughs> what's the A stand for? Project uh, that's out of Georgia Tech now. Um, and uh, and so this is you know the B two B routes, the active measurements, so pinging things. Uh, they have this little thing where they measure background traffic coming out of uh, uh, Ukrainian address space, um, and all those those are different metrics than traffic volumes. And those two have dropped, you know, with some uh, not to half, but uh, maybe twenty five percent, thirty percent. But otherwise, the country stayed online it continues to stay online and i i don't foresee it um you know yeah. the country being disconnected um well hopefully um things go as well as they can be can possibly go for the people there as well as for the infrastructure and um uh hopefully uh, uh how to vpn does not get blocked on uh, on search for people from those affected networks but 
Uh, my guess is there's already some VPN going on there. I know there were some special offers that, that you know, were going out basically just to help connect people, people reducing, you know, or, or not charging for access, you know, to different services, you know, for people from Ukraine. So in other excitement, um, Egypt, um, there's all sorts of jokes about sharks, you know, with, with lasers cutting, uh, you know, in, international. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but this was not on, uh, this is not um, sub sea. These were cables that were affected um, on land. Yeah, so it's an interesting situation. So this this occurred uh, while we were at Nanog uh, up in Montreal, and mm-hmm. um, uh, we saw the the traffic um, fluctuation in a bunch of countries. Uh, confirmed that that, that this was um, subsea cable related, and, and I used the term. If you'll look at anything I put out, that there was a an outage, meaning that service was on. Uh, but I but I didn't use the word cut because I don't know okay. that the cable was cut because that incident means, an event that means something else. <laughs> right, you can say outage because the service was not working on the cable, so it was right. out, uh, but not necessarily cut. You have to right. be careful because the cut. Um, and I and I and in reality, um, you know, the the submarine cable uh, world is so opaque; uh, it's very hard to get um, uh, you know a full accounting of what takes place here but um in this case we know that there was a um uh uh, a cut on the overland circuit so all the there's a a lot of the big submarine cable routes uh of the of the global internet connect europe to asia going through the mediterranean and then somehow making their way through egypt to the red sea out to the indian ocean and on to India, Singapore, and so on. If people want a, a picture of this, they can look at your blog post. Uh, just Google Doug Maduri and you know. Yeah, I, I well, I had an old one from a, a telecom Egypt presentation. I used to go to a lot of submarine cable conferences um, and talk about uh, partly what we could see from internet measurement on submarine cable incidents, and so that was a an, uh, one of the first tasks that was handed to me when I joined Renesis. Um, you know, over 12 plus years ago was like, we'll see what you can do. People, people always ask us about submarine cables, see if we right. can find something. So I started to try to figure this out. And then, um, I mean, I, it's still, it's still a, a very, um, imprecise, uh, process of, uh, inference, but, um, but you can, you can get pretty good at it. But, um, anyway, so then, uh, these cables, these large, large routes, so seemingly four, seemingly five, um, seemingly stands for Southeast Asia, Middle East, Western Europe mm-hmm. is the uh, uh, acronym, the full acronym. Those are consortium cables uh, where um, a bunch of different telecoms band together. Uh, all those were led are led by Singtel is uh, is kind of the head honcho. But uh, any content providers in there, or are these all? Um, let's see. I guess you'd have to if you went and checked the submarine cable that. Um, submarinecablemap.com they usually list the owners okay. um and so uh probably starting with cme5 about those content providers it was like a it was like a, a day yeah the goons and, and, and the metas yeah, you know. everybody showed up and they all started uh driving the submarine cable industry which um okay. considering its importance to the global internet and mm-hmm. global economy um you know these are projects that are uh you know sometimes a billion dollars to put in a cable uh, you know, uh, from one faraway place to another, um, a lot of work goes into this. And um, and the 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 payoff, the ROI is actually, considering the risk that's involved, it's not 
super attractive. So it ends up being a tough, it's a tough go. People that need it, make it happen. Yeah. Right. So then, you know, um, you need a consortium of people who are going to be the captive audience. The captive audience is the ones putting up the money to build this thing because they absolutely need it. Um, but it's always like this and summary cable conferences, there's always a discussion about building business case models are trying to justify the, uh, the expense. And then all of a sudden content providers show up and just with like, endless resources to build anything. Uh, and, and, and so then, you know, uh, there's a lot of hand wringing around, um, in the industry around, uh, you know, oh. is this a good thing or a bad thing? Are they just you know, crowding everybody out or are they, um, I mean, uh, when people are talking about balloons and blimps for internet, there's the one hand in which it's, Hey, it's great to provide people access. There's the other in which the cynics would say, well, that's because there are some people that think it's unfair if somebody in the world can't click on an ad. So, you know, somewhere in between there's truth. Or let me, let me put another, uh, you know, uh, idea is that, um, let's say because it's cool, they're going to fly balloons into country X. Well, there was a, there was a startup that was trying to make a profit at creating a local business to provide service. And now they're up against these balloons that have no, uh, they don't have to turn a profit. They don't have to do anything. Uh, and they'll just operate until they find it's not cool anymore and just leave. Uh, in the meantime, uh, this, this, this company goes out of business and these guys go bankrupt. So there's, there could be some of these, sometimes these unintended, uh, consequences. Let's try, to, let's try to get them on a future podcast. It's always interesting. We need, still need to get Jared with his local ISP and we got Elliot Noss oh, sure. and need to follow up with him about, you know, his, I talked with him about why would you start an ISP nowadays? But uh, there's some cool stuff. That would be that would be a great conversation. I would love to make one. In anyway, sorry. So back to Egypt. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was so, the impact um, and what countries? You know, performance. Right. So <laughs> let's see. Um, we knew there was a, a major submarine cable outage uh, affecting uh, basically countries in East Africa, the Middle East, and South Asia, uh, where you know it was showing up in in our traffic stats. Um, in the end, it was a, an overland circuit over uh, Egypt. So the way all these cables go is um, you know, ships will go through the Suez Canal, but the, the submarine cables don't go through the canal. Uh, they have to come up on land and they go either. Uh, there's a couple of routes uh, that come up um, in Abu Talad or Alexandria or the uh, port cities in the Mediterranean. They cross the desert and then, then drop back in, in the Red Sea. Or uh, there's also an option you can uh, run it in the, the cement casing on the side of the, the, the canal itself. You're not in the water, but you're you're up out of the uh, the ground or out of the water. But um, so there's a route, right? If there's a break, you can get into it. But um, uh, so everything comes out of the water and then it goes back into the water. And so because it's out of the water, that means if something breaks, there's a fix. Uh, can you know you can send a technician over there? Um, and it's a matter of hours versus, uh, you know, it could be days or weeks if it was uh, in a, a um, deep sea location, if it was a submarine cable. Yeah. But, and so in this case, uh, again, it was, it was something that was on land. They could get a fix connection, uh, a technician there to fix it. Uh, and then it was just a matter of, I think, uh, something on the order of four hours. But we could see, um, yeah, uh, a lot of different countries uh, impacted. Others could too. So I mentioned in the blog, just some of the other uh, outfits that are other internet watchers uh, like mm -hmm. me, um, we try to come up with what would be our unique um, uh, view into this. And so I did pull up one. So Urudu, which is um, Cutter Telecom's mm -hmm. new branding as of, it's probably like a decade old now, but um, <clears throat> uh, that one I thought was the nice, 
cleanest view. It's in the blog post of a, a visualization of the uh, what the loss of the uh, of this circuit knocked out a couple of their transit providers. There was a shift. Uh, you know, they, they basically stayed online, but but it got they got rejumbled um, uh, over four hours uh, to to rejigger their transit to stay online. Mm-hmm. And then the other insight that um, you know was kind of flipping around. I was like, well. You know, we do a lot of cloud measurement. Uh, we do uh, at Kentix, we do a lot of synthetic performance monitoring uh, between the various cloud regions of all the uh, the, uh, the major cloud providers. And so um, I know just doing this in the, uh, from in the past that uh, uh, if you see a route like this that's going uh, you know, through, through Egypt, through the Mediterranean, um, the cloud providers have to use the same stuff Mm-hmm. You know, normal people like you and I uh, have to use, uh, we all have to use the same. Uh, Zidhi Ducharme of uh, IBM says, without the network, there is no cloud. Or yeah. he alternatively says, network is the water of the clouds. So Okay. I mean, yeah, there's, there's many crazy. beautiful, beautiful <laughs> metaphors. Uh, but I was thinking, I was like, well, I, I know because we looked at this, I think a year ago, there was something like this where we also noticed this. And I was like, hey, let me go check and look at all of our routes going across yeah. uh, uh, between any cloud region in Europe and cloud region in South Asia. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, there was, we could, see, we could see the impact fairly well. And um, what was interesting was that there's different, different impact by a cloud provider. And, um, and so based on our stats, uh, based on our data, uh, you could see the initial um, blip uh, for AWS connectivity across this route, um, but it resolved itself fairly quickly. Azure uh, seemed like it had a, a period of a couple hours of higher latencies, but no packet loss. Um, but, but Google Cloud uh, seemed like they didn't weather this one that well. Uh, no matter which direction we went, uh, we saw um, higher packet loss, higher latency. So that's um, that's interesting. So that has to do with how how the how the mm-hmm. cloud uh, uh, you know contracts uh, its its routes and, um, and how well it can fail over to backup uh, connectivity um, and um, you know for these for these uh, links. We were spotting a lot of stuff that was falling over. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the first question I was going to ask about this is it can be difficult for people that are not in, in the routes and the packets and the bits and the bytes to understand that in some ways, connectivity can be much more network topological than, you know, geographically topological. It's like how the networks connect can affect performance and routing outages and things much more. So just because two things are in a country doesn't mean they're going to have good performance uh, or, you know, just because something is three countries away, it doesn't mean it'll have worse. Um, so, you know, when you look at what happened uh, with the with the circuit outage, were there, you know, if you look for the non-cloud, were there some, you know, were any countries entirely cut off or was it really just provider by provider for given? So if there's fewer providers and one big one is affected, that affects more of it, but doesn't knock out all the all the traffic to a country. Like, were there any countries completely cut off, or was it really- uh, Somalia? But that's uh, they're kind of a, a unique situation. There's really only one submarine cable uh, serving them, so, okay. um, the Easy Cable, and um, they have yeah, just limited connectivity. Minus whatever satellite you know that that we may not geo. Uh, I mean, they don't. When these, uh, what what I've seen over you know over the last ten years, ten plus years, when a submarine cable arrives, the market for bulk mm. satellite. Just go, just dries up. I mean, we saw this in Tonga just in January. Uh, um, 
I mean, the, the volcano, um, uh, you know, had a dish been up and ready to go, it might've got knocked over, uh, right. anyway, but it, but it wasn't, it wasn't ready to go. They, they had long since, uh, gotten rid of their, uh, uh, backup satellite, uh, mm-hmm. which was how they had stayed online before, prior to that submarine right. cable yeah. coming online. Yeah. And so we'd see this all over, um, uh, uh, um, Africa, where countries that as soon as that submarine cable uh, came aboard uh, or came ashore, everybody switched over. The satellite's gone. You're not going to do gigabit to the home on on you know 24 megabit uplink by satellite. So uh, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a capacity thing, but but also they don't even they don't even seem to keep it around. It's still it's hmm. even too costly as a dormant backup. Um, it just seems to be the case. Um, it is very expensive, but yeah, the Leo so, stuff is making it less expensive. So then if I could make a further leap, if you go to the snow crash view, you know, the cyber, the dystopian cyberpunk view, in essence, the large tech companies, the cloud providers will be the countries of the future. So countries in the wow. future. Depends. Maybe we're already there. Well, <laughs> we just there don't know it. would say that we are. <laughs> um, so maybe, you know, it's, uh, there's two kinds of, of countrywide impact. One is the internet countries and one is the physical countries. And you know, I mean, these are large communities that need to collaborate. And so uh, they also, and I know they all do work very hard at finding, uh, you know, redundant multipath connectivity and looking at performance and, you know, all these things. That's true. I mean, I, I don't want to disparage anybody. These guys are the best. Uh, they have a, a lot of smart people, a lot of resources. So it was actually kind of surprising to see um, yeah. uh, the severe uh, issues that our, our data was showing um, yeah. for Google. So I guess the last Last uh, question topically. So, you know, I saw, I saw your tweet about, you know, oh, it's exam time in Syria again. Let's shut the internet down. Um, and I was just thinking, is this is this really the new norm? Are we just going to be seeing this? Is this full employment for you and others? Is this? Do you? Do yeah, you it is. It is. Anything's going to change? It is one that's hard to get your mind around. Um, I do. I even just. I just explained this. I think at this conference uh, in Bonn, Germany, again, people were like what is this or like just can't kind of uh, understand this and um, again for those who are unfamiliar with this the the situation is so take iraq which was the first one that i started reporting on in uh i think 2015 so at that time you imagine that isis has taken mosul and is threatening baghdad uh there's um like a heat wave uh, riots for corruption all these things are happening and the internet goes down and I had a well-placed contact in uh, the Iraqi, Iraqi government. And so I'm reaching out to him. I was like, what, what's happening here? And he's like, you're not going to believe this. It's uh, it's student exams. Um, I was like, I, you're going to have to explain that to me. Like I, I assumed it was something, there's all these huge things happening in this country and that's what they turned the internet off for. Um, but here's the explanation is that, you know, in, the, in a country like uh, Iraq, um, you know, these are, uh, there's national tests at sixth grade. If you don't score high enough, that's the end of your public education. And, uh, and to be, a, there's a surprising a shock, number of countries where there's something like that that goes on. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if you, for anybody who read the old, uh, the book free economics for years, years back when, uh, discussion of when you make the, uh, the consequences so severe, you justify, uh, you end up justifying cheating. You're justifying uh, extreme measures to uh, avoid these extreme consequences. And so, in this case, um, if you are if you are a parent uh, in one of these countries, your kids have got a lot of uh, cards stacked against you, um, against them, and um, uh, and so they want to get any any kind of 
uh, help they can. And so then what ends up happening is over time, the tests get compromised, cheating becomes rampant. And, um, and so then this is like a, a last ditch effort to try to uh, regain control over um, a system that's gotten out of hand, but it's not, you know, I guess it wasn't, didn't happen in Iraq this year, but yeah, Syria, uh, Sudan, um, I, I, someone reached out to me to ask me to look into Algeria, which I guess they're doing something similar. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, the whole uh, country's down or sometimes just mobile service. Right. The, way, the way it works in Syria is that they, um, uh, they take, off, take down the, the back, backbone of the, uh, the, uh, the country while they physically distribute the tests. Um, and then when they bring, uh, they bring the backbone back up and the mobile service comes down while the kids are taking the tests. Anyway, this right. is what, this is what happens. Better, I mean, you would think a Faraday cage would be better, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's, that's what. Uh, and there's uh, no, I mean, you follow some of the policy stuff. There's no, you know, there's no UN group talking about internet as a human right and trying to form a treaty, you know, basically saying that internet won't be used for. So there are, uh, yeah, there are digital rights organizations that uh, fervently put fervently push back on this uh, access. Now is uh, the one that um, probably is, uh, I'd argue that maybe the most prominent, uh, they're an organization that um, we kind of uh, support with some technical consultation Um I try to uh, let those folks know about things. For example, when, when this uh, submarine cable uh, cut occurred a couple of weeks ago, uh, that's now on my list is to let know let some of the folks in the digital rights space know that something happened um, with that's infrastructure based and not uh, government directed shutdown. Just so they because they're going to start uh, receiving uh, um, complaints or receiving. Uh, <clears throat> people claiming that there's a, a shutdown or something. Um, and so I, that's on, that's a high up on my list is to let know, those folks know, like, all right, something just happened and it's not, this is a, something broke. Like it wasn't a government directed thing. Um, but uh, I know that they try to push back, but in the end, you know, we still live in a Westphalian world yep. of uh, yeah. uh, countries are absolute sovereigns and they, if they want to make a bad decision, they are, they can do so. We're, we're fortunate that internet governance itself has survived internationalization. I'll just say, I'm not saying it's necessarily good. For so anyone. far, so far, so far, I'm not saying it's necessarily good for any one company, country, you know, to, to, you know, be the only, but um, yeah, when things turn to politicking and interests and especially with the value of IP space, you know, and demands being what it is, um, you know, it's uh uh, good that things are working as well as they are. So, any other uh, any other uh, hot topics? Things going on? Uh, Connecting no. the infrastructure and news, or just infrastructure wise? Um, I think that's all I've got for today. Well, I actually do hope it'll be a calm next few months, and uh, history, especially with war going on, um, you know, might not. If history projects forward, you know, you might not think that, but um, I certainly hope that. And uh, we'll do an update to this uh, as there is more news. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug, for joining and so late from uh, from Germany. Uh, no problem. Thanks uh, to the audience for listening to Network AF in this episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts at our webpage and your favorite podcast listings uh, around you. And Doug, if people are curious to contact you, how can they do that? 
Um, yeah, usually you can follow me on Twitter and send me a message. I, okay. If you get me going, I love talking about this stuff. So um, okay. Avi can vouch for that. Uh, absolutely. We've talked for hours and hours. And uh, I'm Avi at Kentuck.com. I'm Avi Friedman on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. Thanks again.